Hello, and welcome to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. I am your host, R.T. Fleming. I'm here to help you find your next digital pick from the golden age to the present. Since I was a kid, I have been reading comics, and I have never lost my love of comic books. I try to pass on that excitement for comic books to others, always looking for that next fantastic read, or discovering an old favorite. It's Tuesday, May 31st, 2022, and this is episode 39 of the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. I'm R.T. Fleming, and today's episode is kind of extraordinary. I believe my guests represent how we are entering a new golden age of comic books. How new readers and creators are coming into comics from outside the latest superhero blockbuster rush of fans. Now there's nothing wrong with fans who saw that latest Doctor Strange movie and rushing out to the comic shop to see what strange comics they might buy. That's exactly what should happen. We need a thriving comic book store industry because that's in the best interest of all fans. One of my first guests is Dr. Bruce Solheim, a distinguished professor of history at Citrus College in Glendora, California. He has published over 12 books, written 10 plays, six of which have been produced. Now my other guest, the artist of this comic book, Julia, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce her last name because she even said I'd never be able to pronounce it, lives in Poland and is only 20 years old. This is her first comic book project and her art is wow so talented. This is one artist who's going places. The two of them come together to produce Dr. Jekyll, Alien Hunter, which recently came out. The comic book chronicles the adventures of Hannah Jekyll, a professor who is following in her father's footsteps in researching extraterrestrials. Her research takes her around the world where she discovers the hazy boundaries between life, death, reality, and dream. This is a great comic book. It's available through Amazon. And you can probably order it through your, possibly through your comic book store also. I enjoyed having them both on the podcast. I think their comic and how they came about creating Dr. Dracul is going to make for a great listen. Now please, review, rate, spread the news to the podcast to other fans. Look at the show notes and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and other social media. The more listeners who tune in, the more he's going to check out these great comics and possibly fund a Kickstarter campaign, which you've been covering a lot of. I want to hear from you. The good, the not-so-good things about the podcast, what you like, don't like, and suggestions what we should cover. You're free to message me on Instagram, Twitter, or email me at all one word at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Now let's get on to the show. Today I'd like to welcome Dr. Bruce Sonheim, and he has a new comic book coming out called Dr. Jekyll, Alien Hunter. Also, his artist is also on the podcast joining today. Her name is Julia. I promise not to say her last name because I know I will butcher the name. So we're going to start with Bruce. Bruce, what is your um, comic book origin story? I mean, how did it make you into a comic fan? How did you get into comic books? Kind of pop, pop culture? Because I know before we talked, you were saying about how these things kind of influenced who you are today. Yeah. Um, well, I. I'm a professor of history, and I, I wouldn't be a professor if it wasn't for comic books, because I learned to read because of comic books. I struggled to learn how to read. I was very slow to learn how to read. And uh, comic books, my mom allowed me to buy comic books. I started with the Marvel you know, universe and then expanded uh, as I grew older. And um, I, so I, I really owe it 
everything to comic books, my, my day job, if you will, and the way that I make a living. And uh, I, you know, I, I think I'm a, a, a kind of a, uh, I was always kind of an eccentric person. My, my youngest son just reminded me of that the other day. I said, all my friends seem to be rather eccentric. And he says, dad, that's because you're eccentric. I said, oh yeah, that's right. But comic books always made me feel comfortable. And, and I had a few friends that were artists, but I was also an athlete too. I was a pretty good athlete. And so I, I didn't quite fit totally in either world, but I, the comics world or the art world, the creative world was always a little bit more welcoming. So I, I didn't, I didn't give up on that. And so, yeah, here I am after I, uh, well, the original comic I did was called Snark and that took 37 years to become a comic book. I create, I created the idea when I was still in the army in Germany, when it was East and West Germany. Okay. And, uh, and I, I then, uh, I, I did a comic strip when I went to engineering school in Butte, Montana, uh, a snark comic books or a comic strip. <clears throat> and then I dropped out of engineering school. And uh, 37 years later, uh, Gary Dumb helped me produce snark one. <clears throat> and uh, as one of the characters in snark in the snark series was Dr. Jekyll, Alien Hunter. So I felt like she deserved her own comic book and uh, anyway, so I'll tell more about how I met Julia after that. But anyway, that's that's kind of my comic book journey. So I'm I'm a frustrated comic book artist. <laughs> I do mock-ups. Well, you can talk to Julia about that, but how I present the story to her, and then she takes it and makes it beautiful, which Gary did as well. Julia, do you read actually? Do you read comic books there in Poland? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I actually uh, read more. Uh of uh, Japanese manga than uh, comic books from other countries, but I uh, read those too. Uh, I've been reading comics uh, for my entire life pretty much because I started since I was a little kid. And I started uh, from uh, manga, like I said, and only uh, recently I actually started to also read comics from other countries. And I also really liked it, but I still haven't read that many, honestly, because, well, uh, recently I don't have really that much time. You know, as you grow older, you have uh, less and less time. So I don't really have that much time to read anything, um, but I plan to uh, read more and I certainly don't, um, not going to uh, stop reading comics because I just uh, really love them. Now, now, Bruce is in California and Julia is in Holland. Bruce is in my age range, he's probably at least, he's at least 50. I'm being generous and, and kind here. Um, Julia, I'm you 63. are- 63. He's 63. <laughs> um, and Julia is 20 years old. How did you two connect and meet to produce this comic book? I'll, I'll let Julia answer that. Oh, okay. So uh, actually, uh, Bruce reached out to me uh, on my Instagram account where I've been publishing my artworks uh, for some time already. And he said, 
uh, he that he really uh, likes what I'm doing and uh, he would like me to illustrate his next uh, comic book. I was really surprised at first because well, I wasn't expecting uh, to get a, a job just out of posting my art online, but I was really happy and I agreed to first uh, talk to Bruce uh, more and then to uh, actually illustrate his uh, comic. And yeah, that's how it started. Then we um, only uh, talked uh, via emails. Uh, we only once uh, talked face-to-face, uh, -face, uh, but uh, through Skype, uh, so online. We never really met uh, in person, uh, but we, I still uh, feel like uh, the workflow and everything went uh, really well, despite of us not being able to meet uh, in person, not uh, remotely. Julia, you have a very unique art style. It's very cool and very distinctive. How did you decide, hey, I want to be an artist and become a really good artist? I mean, what, what influenced you to kind of like draw more and do these things and have your own really, like I said, unique style of art? Um, thank you. I don't really, I've heard uh, um, sometimes that my style is unique, but I never really think that myself. But yeah, I'm I'm happy to hear that. And um, what could my influences be? Uh, definitely manga, because I've been reading that my whole life since I was a kid. And uh, probably also other comics uh, that I've read. Uh, pretty much every comic I've read uh, could have an influence on me, I think. Well, I've been drawing and developing my style for my entire life, I think, because, well, I've been drawing for my entire life. Did you always, like, think you were ever going to draw a comic book? Or when Bruce came to you, he, like, totally surprised that, hey, I might be drawing comic <laughs> books. Did you ever, like, really want to draw a comic book before? Bruce uh, reached out to me. Uh, I wanted to do that because, well, I really liked reading comics. And um, since I read my first, uh, I was uh, drawing things from that uh, comic. And uh, then I realized that I really liked it. I really liked this comic medium. And I got this idea to do it for a living one day. Before I've illustrated Dr. Jekyll for Bruce, uh, I've been drawing comics uh, for myself just uh, as a hobby. Uh, okay. So I never really did that before professionally, but I've always liked it and I was always thinking about doing it uh, well someday professionally, maybe someday as for living. And um, yeah. Bruce, so this is kind of a spinoff from your other comic book called Snark. Mm -hmm. What made <clears throat> you decide to do uh, Dr. Jekyll, Alien Hunter? How did this whole thing come about? Yeah. Because well, you've got a creative I, mind and a very, you said a very, you know, eccentric creative mind. I'm just kind of like, I said, curious on how this all came about. Because it's a really good comic book. I really liked it. 
Oh, well, that's, that's very nice of you. And I think the, the biggest part of that is because of uh, Julia's art. And, and I just want to say that she's only 20 years old. Can you imagine what she's going to be doing when she's 30 and 40? I'm never going to, I'm never going to be able to afford you, Julia, when, when you're 40, 30 or 40 years. And if I'm still around, which I hope I am still creating. You're absolutely comics, right. But, Bruce. She has a really yes. great artwork. When you said Julia M.K. Poland, and I saw a picture, I'm like, is she even out of high school? And she's like, yes, I'm 20 years old. Quit picking yeah. at me. So yeah, she, she she's is very good. She, she's remarkable and, and will get even better. Although she's great now, you know, so I can only imagine. And I look forward to watching your career, Julia. So the Snark series, actually, and, and meeting Julia was kind of uh, curious because uh, I, I, I came up with the idea from Snark 2 that uh, Dr. Jekyll was a character in one of the stories in Snark 2, which is the other series, the first comic series I started. And I love the character so much. And it just, it's like when I, when I write these characters, the dialogue, the story, the characters sometimes talk to me. And I know that sounds schizophrenic, but uh, <laughs> they, they talk to me and, and she was like begging, you know, hey, I deserve my own comic book. And, and I said, well, there's a lot of reasons why that should happen. One, because you're an interesting character. The other one is because I don't think there, and you would probably know more than me, Ron, you have maybe better rounded uh, um, view of comics, but the uh, um, I don't think there are too many female lead characters in comics that are people of color that are also uh, not superheroes. You know, she's just a regular person, uh, which, it kind of feeds into this idea that I have, you know, I loved American Splendor and Harvey Picard is one of my writing mentors. And of course that connects me to Gary Dumb. That's how I met Gary Dumb. Because gotcha. he was he was one of the primary artists for Harvey Picard and American Splendor. And um, I just love that auto, autobiographical, very personal style. And, and it's it just brilliant writing. And so I, I, I just, it, it, it just all came together so nicely. But then when Gary said, you know, I got, you know, I, I assume that everybody's just working on my stuff all the time, but I realize now I should know <laughs> Julia's got school. She's got family. She's got a lot of stuff. You know, Gary's got other people that want him to draw. He's in high demand as well. So which I think Julia will be, too, once people realize what's going on here. But the uh, so I he said, eh, I'm not available, but I like to do at least one comic a year, publish one comic a year. So uh, I, I started looking. I just happened to be on Instagram and I saw Julia's art, like she said, and it, it's just serendipity, you know, that we met and that we connected and that she liked what I was doing. I liked her art. And when we had our the only time we talked uh, person to person was on Skype. And, uh, you know, we, we just connected uh, artistically and creatively which is really cool because, you know, I mean, yeah, she's 20 and I'm 63, but the thing that brings us together is, is the creative force of comics and which is ageless. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're 63 or 20 years old, there's something that magical that happens in comics. And not so. to, you know, not to veer too far from the subject, but you're right, because I have a lot of creators that one lives in one country, one lives in the other mm -hmm. country. I mean, from Nigeria, Argentina, Italy, mm -hmm. male, female, some of them do not even speak the, the same common language. Right. You know, one speaks English, one speaks Spanish, but yet they're able mm -hmm. to create comic books together. Find Julia, did you find this whole journey fun, enlightening? How much input did you have in creating some of the supporting characters? 
uh, it was definitely fun for me and I yeah I had a lot of uh, good time working on the comic uh, and uh, I look forward to uh, similar projects in the future um, and uh, to also uh, I hope work with uh, Bruce in the future and uh, how uh, how much input they have to designing the characters so like Bruce said uh, ca characters in Dr. Jekyll come from his uh, previous comic, Snark. So, for example, Dr. Henry Jekyll, I have to stick to his original design. And uh, the same uh, was for Hannah. Bruce uh, sent me uh, an illustration of her uh, made by uh, Gary. So I also had to stick to her design, but I I was trying to put my original style on it. So and you did. Thank you. Uh, I was uh, in Henna for Henna specifically, and for her design, um, I wanted to make her stand out from other characters because she's the main character. So what I did was uh, actually I wanted to get, give her a bit more unique hair shape, so it's a bit more. Square. and it was just a small change in the design and it could be considered as just a change in an art style. I think it made her uh, just a little bit more unique, stand out a bit more from other characters. And uh, yeah, and for the rest of the characters, the more secondary ones, I was also speaking to uh, Bruce's mock-ups of the comic that he did uh, combining many photos and his rough uh, drawings. Uh, so I, they all have something uh, from Bruce's ideas and uh, something from my, my ideas, my style. Bruce, you um, assembled through the comic some really interesting, fantastic supporting characters. There's Clifton Barton, Barnum, Agent of the Star, Mr. Two Bear, Dr. Wong. How did you come up with some of these, these characters? I mean, they're just, they're not just names. The characters, even with the art, they're only there for a few pages or even a few panels, but yet they're so fleshed out and so uniquely original. How did you come up with some of those characters? Well, I think part of that is, I mean, I've been writing short stories and making my own comics since I was a kid. And you know, typing on an old manual typewriter and, you know, I, I did all that and drawing and um, some of these are composite characters, you know, people that I've met, interesting people. And I, and I, I'm also a playwright. So I feel like every, every character deserves a life and a light to shine on them. So they're not just cardboard cutouts. They're really interesting. Even if they only have, like you said, a brief appearance, I want them to be memorable. So I, I for instance, our, our editor, George Varangos, who's a tremendous editor, he really likes Dr. Wong. Dr. Wong is a unique character. You don't, you only get to meet him that one story, exactly. but he's met, he's memorable. And it, it just comes from my childhood, composite characters, you know, the mysterious kind of an Asian man, but we don't know his whole background, but he's very, you know, he's, he's unpredictable. Like in the middle of the story, he just starts dancing, you know, and it's just this kind of stuff. 
I, I just, like I said before, the characters speak to me and they kind of tell me what their story is. So that's kind of the secret for, for me is that the characters talk to me. And I, I know that sounds, like I said, a little crazy, but it, it, it is what happens. And, and, uh, and then of course, Julia was talking about, you know, the mock-ups I do are kind of like storyboards mm-hmm. and, and I, I'll give her that. And then sometimes she'll, she'll kind of stick, you know, kind of with what I'm saying, but I always tell her, I said, make the, make the character your own, whether it's Dr. Jekyll or anybody else. And she does. So it's kind of a meshing of the, like she said, of the two visions and it comes out so much better when she has given it life. So I, I feel, you know, like I said, there's no, what's the saying in theater, there's no, uh, no small parts, just small actors. So I want them all to be larger than life, each one of them. And, you know, not that they overshadow Dr. Jekyll because she does stand out because she's such a compelling character. But I, I just, so that I, I think that's it. You just always want to make every character's life count and, and, and memorable. And whether that's with the art or the writing, or in this case, the combination, I think. The book is almost structured as a connection of almost like mini short stories. In the very first few pages, you really get to know Dr. Hannah Jekyll. Why did you make her a professor from Cleveland State University in Ohio? Is there a special connection to that? Well, <laughs> that's kind of a, a, a bow to Gary Dumb and Harvey Picar. And, okay. and I, I went to Bowling Green State University in Ohio, and I spent time in Cleveland, and I visited Gary and his, and his wife, and I saw the place, you know, where they used to create American Splendor, where Harvey used to come over and pace, you know, restlessly in their in their living room and they have like you do they have cats but they have a lot of cats and the cats it was just such a cool creative environment so and Cleveland is such a uniquely American city you know that has such a story such a history so I just said it there I thought it'd be a good place you know kind of mid-America kind of a place so Dr. Jekyll Alien Hunter that is a all ages book correctly Yes, Snark is, and so is Dr. Jekyll. It's very important to me, and I think it's important to Julia, too, the kind of stuff she wants to be involved with. So we th- that was one thing that hit right away. You know, I, this is not rated R comic or something. This is all at all ages. And But in keeping with some of the cartoons that I liked when I was a kid, like Bullwinkle, Rocky and Bullwinkle show, uh, yes. I, it can be read at different levels. A I know kid will enjoy it. it. It's and layered adult, that way. It's even the yeah. arts layered that way too. Julia yes. did a good job of layering the art so that even somebody, a younger reader can actually mm-hmm. see it on one level. And as an as adult, they can see it on a different level. That's, yeah. that's pretty sophisticated for somebody that's, you know, just starting off and hasn't, or haven't drawn that many comic books. So kudos she, to you, Julia. You did a great yeah, job. She, on that. she has great depth and she has great ideas. Like some of these, like, I, I love the alien pajamas for George and I, both the editor and I, Love the fact that Julia, I didn't have that in my original mock-up, but she, she comes up with these great, it seems like a small detail, but it just adds, it's because she has taken the character as her own, which I told her to do, and she's run with it, and it's just incredible, so. Yeah, your art is very amazing. I'm, I, yes, Bruce is, everything you said is correct about your artwork. You should be very proud of what mm-hmm. you did. Bruce, from a publishing standpoint, I was kind of curious, on how's it like working with Amazon? Uh, well, right now it's kind of frustrating because we, we put the print version out, which reminds me, I need to get a copy to you, Julia. So I'll, I'll send you a copy of the, of the printed comic book. 
but um, the for some reason this has happened with Snark too as well. The online ver the ebook version got hung up in their system and it's like in a in like a spiral, and I I can't seem to get an answer from them. I'm hoping we get it straightened out and that the ebook will be because the ebook was ready. It was we we put it in at the same time, me and George. And uh, so why the ebook is not out yet, I don't know. So it it can be frustrating, but of course. It's advantageous for some reasons because Snark won. I published it and had it printed myself, so I didn't go through Amazon. And it can be quite expensive unless yes. you do a huge production run. I did a run of 3,000, which was kind of a medium run. And I, I told my wife, Ginger, about it. And she said, we got boxes of comics in the garage and there's not enough room. So don't do that again. So I said, okay. And so I said, okay, Amazon for Snark 2, Amazon for, for Dr. Jekyll. Your Snark number two is actually on Kindle Unlimited. How did that come about? I mean, is that something uh, that you did or? You know, I'm not even sure why it's on Kindle <laughs> to tell you the truth. You I, know what? I, I, know, I, I know actually thought ebook. that was going to be your answer because one is not and two is. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of crazy. But yeah, I, I, I don't know why. To tell you the truth, I don't know well, I mean, some button I hit that I didn't even realize I hit. It could, that's probably the, the right explanation. You also had an interesting, you, did, you have a dedication in Dr. Jekyll, Alien Hunter. And part of the dedication is to my teachers at Kenmore and Lockwood Elementary School. That's mm -hmm. kind of an interesting little tidbit of dedication. How, why did you put that in there? All my teachers, well, you know, back in the dark ages when I went to elementary school, uh, and, and, uh, I, uh, all of my teachers were women and I was very close to my teachers. I loved school. I was a pretty good student, uh, and kind of a class clown for a while, but they tolerated me. And I was always very artistic and, you know, telling stories and, and drawing. And so, you know, they were all very supportive with the, except there was one teacher that was not very supportive, but it was because I mentioned that I had watched the Beatles on, on their premiere on Ed <laughs> Sullivan. And she said, never mention them again because they're devils. And of course, that, that's so silly now when you think about it. But at the time, you know, there was a reaction by some of the older, and she was a quite older teacher, but all the others were so supportive and wonderful. And I just, because we have a female lead character, we have a female artist. I just, it got me thinking about, you know, all the influences that I've had. And of course, I remember all my teachers' names, uh, kindergarten through sixth grade. I don't necessarily remember the junior high or the high school teachers, but I certainly remember my, uh, my uh, you know, elementary teachers, and they all had such an influence on me, and so did these other women. And, and now we have, you know, Julia as the, it, it's so appropriate for her to, you know, I'm not saying it's just a female style, but she brings a sensibility, a, something to the character that's very unique in many ways. And I did think that you, might be at least part of it anyway. Did you give Julia full scripts or how was, how, you know, how, what was the scripting process? It was just in the, uh, I think Julia, wasn't it just in the, uh, the uh, storyboard or the mock-up? That's how you got the script or did I send you a separate script? I can't remember. Uh, yes, you actually uh, sent me both the mock-ups oh. and a separate script with, um, well, just the dialogue and the narration uh, boxes. Okay. Did you find the mock-ups to be very helpful in both doing his vision and also for you as the artist 
to go off into your own tangents to do stuff that he didn't expect, like the alien and the um, sleepwear. <laughs> I mean, did you have, did you feel free to go veer off into your own little tangents, you know, even though he had the mock-ups? And I, uh, well, stick to them uh, to some level and they were helpful, for example, to Mm, they helped me stick to the number of pages that uh, Bruce had uh, planned to have, so I didn't suddenly have uh, twice as much uh, pages <laughs> as he planned. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bruce uh, told me uh, that uh, I'm always free to have changes, even if the pages number, and definitely in the... And I did a, a lot of uh, changes. Uh, I think, uh, of course, Bruce uh, always... I, I've always uh, uh, sent him uh, the sketches uh, of the pages before I finalized it. So Bruce uh, always uh, had an opportunity to change anything or change my uh, changes uh, of his uh, mock-up. But yeah, uh, I, I still, uh, yeah, I had a good time working with his mock-ups. Uh, I both drew a lot of uh, inspiration from them and also felt uh, free to put my own ideas in the comic. You know, when, when people hear the word alien hunter they get a certain image in their mind but it's not thinking of hunting down and finding aliens and, and uh that type of thing and like we're hunting down bigfoot or something no in this case and it shows how some of the, the different levels story there is it's actually hunting the truth for the shared cosmic connections and how not just aliens can connect but how we can each connect together that was, I really liked how, you know, we, Bruce, how you said alien hunter and that, like I said, oh, we're hunting Bigfoot, we're hunting alien, but that's not really the connection you were seeking, Bruce, was it? No, it's, uh, and, and that's why we have kind of the ironic cover, you know, where she's, and, and it, there's a story in there with, you mentioned uh, Agent to the Stars, Clifton yes. Barnum, yeah. who, it, there's a little bit of Better Call Saul in there, because I love yes. that character, so I, I drew inspiration from him. And Julia drew him in such a cool way. But, um, you know, this idea that, uh, and this happens in the ufology community, which I, I'm deep into the paranormal and ufology, which I, is a deep well for me and my own personal experiences since I was a kid. But um, th there's, there's a theatrical aspect to it, a charlatan sideshow carnival aspect to that whole yes. thing. And, and that's why I wanted to bring that story in. But, you know, Hannah Jekyll is such a pure person. You know, she's a good person and she, that's not what she's about. It's more of a personal discovery and how it can help people, not how she can promote herself necessarily. So, you know, this idea, you know, that's why on the cover, uh, you know, Julia had the, uh, the ray gun, you know, the kind of action poses. Yes. And, yeah. uh, but she's saying not exactly. <laughs> that's not exactly what it is. And, and it isn't, you're right. There's a deeper level to it because of how it involves her, um, her father and the legacy of her father and the troubles that he had at the university, which she shares as following in his footsteps. She kind of gets into the same trouble with the uh, academic establishment. So, and I, I'm, I'm actually putting together Dr., uh, Dr. Jekyll number two 
and uh, it gets more into depth about this relationship with her father. And, and uh, I think Julia would be kind of surprised when she sees the next one, the next installment that I sent her. But it's, it's uh, it, yes, you're, you're, you're right. It's not, I, I wanted it to be unique and different, not your typical kind of, you know, I, I, I didn't want her to be a superhero. You know? No. She's super smart and she's very intuitive and she obviously has, you know, connection to this alien world, the spirit world, the paranormal, the quantum world, all that stuff. It, it just, there's there's limitless story ideas because of that. The fact that she's not a superhero makes her more interesting, I think. You know, it's more relatable to all of us. You know, it, it comes in at 67 pages and within those 67 pages, there's so much smashed into it. And I don't mean that in a bad way. There's so many things that's just floating around and just, you know, from the aliens to the various sub-characters you're right. There's a lot of potential on where this can go. Julia, how long did it take you to draw this? I think it was uh, less than a year. Uh, Bruce uh, reached out to me um, summer last year, but we uh, didn't start uh, working <coughs> on the comic instantly. I think uh, I started to actually draw, finish uh, the pages or something about that. So mm -hmm. that's when it started. But before, uh, before that, I did uh, all the sketches uh, of uh, every page. So I already had um, uh, well all the compositions uh, prepared. But uh, September last year, I think, was where, when I started actually finishing uh, the pages. And uh, that's when I also uh, started working on the cover, I think. Mm -hmm. Julia, what surprised you when you were doing the art for this? The fact that you were, you know, how did it change you? What was the journey like, you know, going from the beginning to the end? Were you pleased with how it turned out? What did you learn? Tell me a little bit about that. Because it's such a fascinating thing. Um, this is your first one. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot. Uh, because uh, it was uh, the first uh, comic uh, that I was uh, working on. And uh, yeah, so I uh, learned a lot uh, and my drawing skills uh, improved uh, a lot uh, along the way, I think. And I certainly uh, started to draw the pages uh, faster as I was uh, moving on um, with the comic. I don't know if anything surprised me because I didn't really have any expectations uh, about uh, how uh, how it is to actually work on the comic uh, because uh, I didn't have the expectations because I wasn't expecting to get a job like that uh, this uh, early. Yeah, but I think I didn't have any surprises because Bruce was uh, well prepared to work with me. He sent me the script. He sent me the mockups uh, before I uh, before I was uh, I had uh, the whole story before I even started to work on the first page. So mm, there wasn't really anything that could surprise me. I knew what it's about, uh, and um, yeah. Is there a end point to this whole saga or could it def indefinitely go on, Bruce? I, 
I hope there's no end point. I, I, as long as I keep creating, I think we can keep doing it. And uh, I, I, yeah, I, I just think there, there is no plan. It's not a planned uh, limited series or anything like that. I just, and there could be further spinoffs, you know, for all I know. And uh, I haven't thought about it yet because I'm, I, I, I mean, I've already mocked up uh, Snark 3 and I'm starting, like I said, on uh, uh, Dr. Jekyll number two. And I've actually mocked up an entire other comic book series that's very autobiographical, more in the Harvey P. Carr style, American Splendor style, okay. that I call Gig Line. Uh, and that's just a lot of interesting things that have happened to me, uh, but not necessarily paranormal stuff, you know, which is in a lot of the stuff. But uh, so I, I'm just constantly creating, and I don't think that'll ever stop until it's time for me to pass into the, the next dimension. So I think I'm, I got a lot of stuff in me. And, and, and back to an earlier question about the, the, the way it's, you know, three or four page stories, some may be five page, but most yes. of them are three or four page. That's the way I think. I think I got a little bit of ADD, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, so I want to get right to the point. And I, I like short stories. I, I've only read written one novel it was a novel for middle grade readers called Ali's Bees and it was tough for me because I I think in very episodic ways kind of like uh, cliffhangers you know I mean in, in old television I, I that's just the way my brain works and uh, but I knit it all together it's all knitted together and that was one thing that Julia noticed right away is like the I have a title for each it's like a, a title for each um, chapter uh, each chapter or in theatrical sense, each scene. And even know, better, and, right, each scene, you're right. And when I, and that's how, how I kind of look at it. And when I wrote uh, my plays, I've written 10 plays, had it six produced. I have a name, which is kind of unique. Not a lot of playwrights do it. I have a name for each scene that ties the theme together of that scene, but then it all is woven together. And, and that's kind of just the way I, I think and how I create. And it just seems to, come out in three to four to five pages, somewhere right in there. And uh, if you can't say it in, in, in that space, then maybe you've got to, that way it forces you to really be uh, careful with the imagery and the words and not be overly, you know, too much narrative or too much dialogue. And it just gets right to the point. And um, <clears throat> I think that helps with younger readers too, but also older readers, because as Julia was saying, as you, as you get older, you, you don't have as much time. And the only thing I would add to that is as you get really old, you start having more time again, like when you're a kid, which is kind of where I'm not, I don't consider myself to be really old, but I do have more time now than I did when I was in my fifties or forties or thirties or twenties, you know, for that. So, but I, I feel like that way you get right to the, you get right to the heart of it and then it just keeps carrying on. So I, I enjoy writing that way, and that's just naturally the way it, it, it comes out. Julia, before we wrap things up, is there anything you want to add? Any parting comments? Yeah, okay, so I guess that I can just uh, thank you really much for well, including me in this uh, podcast because I'm kind of new to this. I'm new to both uh, illustrating a comic but also uh, being uh, well, featured in podcasts and being interviewed. 
And yeah, thank you for all the compliments because you said a lot of nice, nice things about me and my art. And they were all, yeah, they were all true. That's all I wanted to say. Big thank you to both of you. Bruce, how about you? Yeah, I just, I, I'm hoping that, um, like you were mentioning er, earlier about having more female, more more women in comics. I, 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 what would be really cool if we were to find out that some young young girl was watching this or some young woman and said, you know what, I want to create my own comic. I want to illustrate like Julia, or I want to write a comic with a female character and just get more representation because I think. People say comics are dying out. I don't think they're dying out. I just think they're just getting started. And we just got to figure out how to recalibrate and get the younger generation fascinated, as fascinated as I was when I was younger, and, and just exploring the infinite possibilities, what you can do with words and pictures. So that, yeah, that, that's all I, I want to say. I'd, I hope it really does uh, inspire, so, you know, not just young women, but, you know, young boys too, who want to continue exploring comics and I think they're it's a very healthy you know the right kind of comics anyway I know there's other kinds that are more I think exploitive but you know that's a whole other topic genre but gotcha. that's not what Julie and I are doing we're doing stuff for for everybody it can be enjoyed by everybody the comic is great the art is great the story is fantastic you're right it's for all ages whether you're a kid or an adult anybody's going to get something out of this uh, Julia, Bruce, I want to thank you for coming onto the podcast. This is a great treat to have both of you on. I will have show notes for um, the comic in the podcast uh, directory stuff. Again, you two, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. I hope to have you both on again for the next issue. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Ronald. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.